Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a podcast by Driver Reach in partnership with FreightWaves. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder of Driver Reach, a modern software solution at the intersection of recruiting and compliance. With over 20 years in the trucking industry, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side, I bring a wealth of expertise around all things recruiting, retention, and compliance. And on this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges from recruitment and retention to the realm of compliance. Your positive feedback keeps us motivated. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road on your preferred platform. This week, I'm thrilled to be joined by a great industry friend who's been a consummate safety professional in the industry for years, Chris Woody, Director of Safety at M&W Transportation out of Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. It's fantastic to be here. Well, you've been a pillar, uh, a pillar of the uh, Tennessee Trucking Association for years. I've known you for a long time. You've served as the chair of their uh, steering committee. You won the 2021 TTA Safety Professional of the Year Award. Congrats for that. And also helped lead uh, M&W to win multiple TTA Grand Championship uh, trophies for safety performance. You're super active and engaged with uh, TCA as well. And and I know you most recently, this year, I think, uh, helped M&W win the ATA Safety Management Council's uh, President's Trophy. So excited. Yeah, congrats. That's uh, fantastic. And the culture uh, that you've built is is amazing. I'm excited to uh, to delve into your journey into, into trucking, your passion and focus on safety and compliance, and, and really maybe even uncover what's your why for not only what you do, but how you go about it. And then perhaps we can talk about M and W reaching an important milestone. It's 50th year in business. It's cool to see M and W make the uh, the cover of the Tennessee Trucking News, and <laughs> and I'd uh, I'd most certainly like to discuss some of the more uh, pressing issues that we're facing in the industry today. And then uh, and certainly want to make sure we save time for a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Think we can uh, knock all that out? All right. Well, before we dive in, uh, I am curious as this is the custom and has been for, I think, close to three years now. If there, if you have any book uh, recommendations for the audience, maybe something that you recently read or just in general, something that has been impactful to you. Yeah, and this is probably going to go in a little bit different direction than uh, than others have gone. Um, there is an autobiography um by Anthony Kiedis, the singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, I've been a fan for a long time, and it, it, it's very interesting how we sort of develop these uh, these ideas about uh, bands or actors or you know people we don't really know, um, and then to read that book and and just the 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 terrible self inflicted struggles that he had has gone through in his life um and just like hung on by a thread at every single turn um and you know i i haven't been in the gutter with heroin addiction by any means but but i certainly have my own life struggles and you know when it's kind of bad <laughs> as silly as it sounds i think about anthony and i'm like if he can hold a band together for that long <laughs> of doing what he did, certainly I can, I can push through this. Well, great. Uh, I didn't, I haven't uh, seen that book. I didn't know he had an autobiography, but that's, I just, I wrote that down because that'll be really interesting. I like Red Hot Chili Peppers and that's another thing we have in common. So. All right. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, now, if you don't mind just kind of 
take us back maybe to the early days when you got into the industry. Can you, what was your journey into trucking? You know, how did you, how'd you get here? By accident. Um, I think all of us say that, by the way, almost <laughs> yeah. all of us. It's either family or by accident. It, it, it was, it was kind of both. So I worked in, uh, in hotels here around Nashville um, for a long time. And, um, you know, the last spot that I landed, uh, it, it, it was a really bad situation. It was really toxic. It, it was one of those, this cannot be tolerated anymore. Um, and I found myself out of a job. Um, and with two chil- two small children and my wife's still working, thank goodness. But, um, you know, it was a real struggle at that time. This is like 2011. Um, and it, it was one of those situations where I had to find a real job. I, I, I wasn't too proud to go work at McDonald's or deliver pizzas, but with two small children, that means you've got to put them in daycare, which is unbelievably expensive. And, um, so I had to help hold out for, for something halfway decent. Um, and it was nine months, um, a, a brutal nine months. Um, so my mother-in-law worked at M&W's warehousing division. And she told me that they were looking for a payroll guy. It might be part-time, but you know, it would be something, it would be a good job and you need to at least go do something. Um, so I came in and I talked to everyone and, uh, I ended up taking the job and I was the, the, the payroll guy for, for quite a long time. Um, but I had this, um, kind of lingering, oh man, this, this is barely bordering on a full-time job. I've got to do something to, to justify my existence here. So, um, I, I started just poking around and, you know, right next to me was our director of safety at the time and, um, asked him if I could help with some stuff. And, and, and he gladly let me in and, and, and taught me a ton of what I know now. Um, and i just sort of started injecting myself, whether anybody asked me to or not. Um, and I, I, I really, really fell in love with it. Um, I think for all the right reasons. And, um, when our safety director retired, um, you know, it was, they quickly asked me if, if I would like to be promoted into that position. So, um, family accident, Providence, all of the above, for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, coming from not from the trucking industry, I mean, I think that can be pretty intimidating, especially transitioning or even doing any work in safety where that's probably a foreign language, you know, coming from outside the industry, you know, highly regulated industry. Yeah, it, it really was. And and I wasn't worried about it at first because I was going to be a payroll guy, you know, payroll is is the same u.s currency right about. is it still they yeah still do it, that nowadays yeah i think so <laughs> it's just numbers on a screen but i think it's u.s um but but yeah i i, I didn't even think about that but whether no matter where you are especially in a in a place like this where we're, it's just a very small staff um you know you get injected into in into the trucking world um and it, yes it was it was eye-opening for sure. You know, just like when what I thought 
Anthony Kiedis and what I thought the Red Hot Chili Peppers were like. I had this preconceived notion of, of what trafficking was like, and uh, I found out that was not it. Um, some better, some worse. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I'm not going anywhere. Well, I'm sure you've learned a lot, but I think I would imagine, you know, when you first uh, started doing some safety and compliance related things or anything that comes to mind, like challenges that you might have had with kind of those early days. Yeah, just wrapping my head around all the stuff we have to do. Um, that that was really my biggest fear when I started as as, as safety director, as as organized as I am. And I'm a I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. There is so much, and and I still have a, a lingering fear. It's almost the end of the year, and I know January first. I'm so afraid that there's some thing that I'm supposed to do that I'm going to forget to do. Um, we are we are certainly regulated to death, and we are certainly uh, uh, given our fair share of of paperwork and and things to send in. So. It, to answer your question a better way, all the extra stuff besides driving the truck was was really what surprised me most. Well, you uh, you know certainly thanks to your dedication to your craft and 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 probably the culture that exists at M and W in general from a safety and compliance standpoint, uh, you've certainly got a, a highly enviable fleet safety reputation. So uh, kudos uh, to you for that. Um, you and I have shared some conversations over the years, most recently in Knoxville, a, a month or so ago, where we talked about just what motivates us, right? What what real priorities are and so on. And I'm just curious if you could share with the audience kind of what's what's your main motivation? You know, I mean, you mentioned having two, at the time, two young kids, and I get it. And I know that's what we talked about quite a bit. But, you know, can you share what is it that keeps you going and, and drives you to be the, the leader that you are? There's so much, but, uh, I see, I'll put it this way. I despise injustice and I feel like both the, the, the reputation that trucking has, um, the, the inherent bias that the public has against us, um, affects so much down the line that's how you know these these plaintiffs attorneys are getting away with with what they're getting away with is because of they are able to feed on this inherent bias that the public has um so my one of my two prongs of my motivation is to 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 inform and to give everybody a fair shake and to 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 get rid of some of these inherent negative biases uh, that really plague us. Um, it's really unfair. Um, and everybody needs to know what th- these men and women go out and do and how they put their life on the line just so we can enjoy the very, very comfortable lifestyles that we have um, in comparison to the rest of the world. Um, th- the other side of it is... I I realized early on that this is a dangerous job. No matter how you slice it, no matter how good your safety record is, no matter how much bells and whistles you got on your truck um, or how good your drivers are, they are in danger every time they get on the road. 
they've got to have somebody, a, a, another set of eyes looking out for them. Um, and when I see maybe an a, a in-cab video of, of, of somebody really dodging a bullet out there and, and, and a close call, and, it, and it's something that we talked about recently and, um, or, or, or maybe something that, that, that a driver had a problem with before and, and, and now he or she has corrected that problem and that's what led to them getting out of that. Oh my gosh. It's like, it, it, now you're getting into like doctor region where you, you, you might've saved somebody's life and it, and it's not an ego thing. Um, Ooh, you know, I, I may have helped save their life. It's a, these are the lives that we need to save. These are some of the most important people among us. We got to protect them. And it seems like everybody is, is out to get them. And it, infuriates me it, it it confuses me um but that that that's where my head's at every day i love that and uh and i just shared earlier you know m&w reached you know 50 years celebrating 50 years uh i think there's three generations in the company now is that right yep that's correct uh there was a great great article i i shared this magazine a little bit ago but a great article uh here that highlights you kind of where you've been where you're headed with Mike uh, McFarland at the helm and his daughter, Sarah, with her eyes, you know, on the future. And it's cool to see her involvement as the, the chair of, of TTA's Young Professional Council. And I keep lobbying for her to get involved with LEAD ATA as well. Um, how important would you say is this industry? I mean, you, again, coming from an outside in the hospitality world, and then you get into trucking, how important is this industry to you in terms of, of being able to, to network with, with like-minded people, build deep relationships, constantly learn and grow and so on it, it, it's it, it it's it's what makes all this possible um it, having a, a company like m&w where you have um guys like mike um it, that kind of ownership and that that kind of culture um is what allows me to go on these trips and and meet people and and do all the things that that i do um he we say safety starts at the top and all, all these cliche kind of things but um for us it, it, it's very very real um you know as i started getting more involved um you know i'm, I'm going out and i'm i'm speaking at conferences or um i'm i'm doing different things outside the walls of mnw um, I had to have an honest conversation with Mike and say, hey, how how far can I go with this? Um, I, I I'm still want to do my job. And first of all, he was like, yeah, make sure your job gets done. But um, he said something to me that it is it, 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 I, I can't even put into words how good it may be feel. He said, Chris, when my wife gets out on the road today she is not going to be surrounded by M&W trucks. It's going to be everybody else. So go out and tell everybody else. And then it was like, oh man, I've got the blessing and buddy, I've taken it and ran with it. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it, it's done some good. I, 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 I love to talk safety and I, I love to, to, to meet people. And I, I, I love getting things done. I love moving the needle. 
Um, and there's some stuff that, that we can't quite measure, but I, I have a good feeling about the way things are going right now. And if, if, if we just keep it up and uh, especially you and the things that you do to help this industry, uh, you know, all of us, um, we keep pushing, we're, we're getting close to, to turning a corner. I, I, I can totally feel it. Um, and so we, we definitely need to keep pushing. We definitely have got to continue to encourage each other. Yeah, for sure. It's been a challenging uh, year plus, uh, no question. And, and that's just how it works. But I always say, I remember back in 2008, nine, when we were going through similar challenges. And I remember, you know, uh, saying, you know, nothing has fundamentally changed in terms of like, obviously the economy w- wasn't what I was referring to. I was talking about the underlying problems that the industry has, especially at the time, you know, we were talking about driver shortage and, and recruiting and retention challenges then, just like we are now, except when you have a an issue like, you know, any sort of economic uh, recession or softening, that puts a sort of a wet blanket over those issues for now. But nothing fundamentally has changed. And once you get on the other side of this period, you're right back there again. So and so, you know, it, you know, just on that note, is there any, you know, you know, it's strategies, anything that you have found? It's especially around, uh, not necessarily for today. I just mean in general, maybe the last five years or so. Just any uh, innovative strategies around, uh, you know, recruiting or retaining drivers that have been effective for you. Yeah, uh, we know. You know, it, it's it was really bad in in oh eight oh nine, and it's not quite that bad right now. Um, <clears throat> and it doesn't seem like we're going to get that bad. Um, you know, anything can change. So we know that we're going to come out the other side of it. You, you've got to have some vision um, and, and, and understand exactly what you were saying. What am I going to look like when I do come out of the, of the other side? I'm not going to be in total shambles. And then when everything takes off uh, again, um, are, are, am I going to be in, in shape to run? Um, so that's what we've done. I mean, we have we have certainly tightened our belts and, 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 and we're, we're watching our pennies just like everybody else. Um, but I, I, I think the right move for everybody is to continue to hire, have those trucks filled up, understand that this always happens. It is cyclical stuff always happens and it's going to end probably sometime next year and are you going to be in shape? Are you going to be ready? Or are you going to be, you know, uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel when everybody else is ready to go again? Um, now, on that note, I do have to say that, you know, I've been very guilty in the past of running off my mouth about stuff like this at conferences and things, speaking just from the perspective of uh, of M&W. And, and, and we are very blessed that we're kind of on top of that wave and, and we can make some moves that not everybody can't. The stuff that works for us is, is not necessarily going to work for somebody that's got 10,000 trucks. And it's not going to work for Jeremy Raymer trucking who has two trucks um, and is looking, how's he going to pay the electric bill next month? I get that. And I didn't get that before. And, and, and I regret that. Um, but, I would say as much as you can, 
uh, continue to stay the course um, and and just keep pushing with the understanding that we are going to come out of this thing um, and, and we need to be ready to go because it's going to swing back our way and it's going to be gangbusters again at some point. Well, and I agree with that. And I remember honestly leading into and this, and I'll refer back to the 2008-9 timeframe, leading into that, you know, driver shortage, you know, top industry issue year after year. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know if it made the list. If it did, it was way down at the bottom because there were other economic concerns, right? The economy and, and then and so on. Uh, but but as soon as we got on the other side of that, there it was, it came right back again. And it was arguably worse than it was before as a lot of people left the industry and so on. Um, so kind of the reason why I, I, I referenced that is we talk about, and especially pre this past year, you know, with the, with the, uh, freight recession that we've been experiencing, the driver shortage, you know, has always come up a lot on the show. And, and that's sort of the audience that we're, I mean, that's the point, you know, as we're talking about re- recruiting retention and so on. But, you know, do you have any thoughts on how do we engage the next generation of drivers, of truckers? You know, um, you know, how can we do our part to get younger drivers interested in trucking? Because that's not, it's, it's not happening at the high school level. It's not even an option, obviously, with the minimum age being 21. Uh, we are, when you have an average age of a new entrant coming into the industry, you know, in the mid to late 30s, that's a systemic failure, I think. Do you have any, what are your thoughts on, on how we can get the next generation of drivers? Well, I, I think as as scary as it may be for some, the, the, the new driver uh, apprenticeship program, you know, allowing 18 year olds to come in is a, is a wise move. Um, it, just for those reasons, um, it, it, we wait till 21, um, you know, trucking is, is a second career. Um, yeah. I don't know what the availability is for every school, um, and every school district. Um, but here in Nashville, um, of course, the Tennessee Trucking Association is is very good about going to the schools um, and, and and teaching kids about uh, not only truck safety but but careers in trucking. Um, I, I, I'm lucky enough that um, you know my kids go to a school in Nashville. It is a public school, but it's a very very good public school um, right downtown, and they have these things called lunch and learns. And it's basically parents with interesting careers that go in and talk to the kids. And I have got one coming up and I've never been more excited because this school is, this is what you would call a nerd school. Uh, I can say that because my son calls it that. Um, but it is, I mean, a hundred percent of these kids are going to graduate and, and, and 99% of them are going to go on to college. Um, but I can't wait to talk to them about trucking because these are some of the smartest, most technically savvy kids that you're going to find. And we have some really technical trucks and some really um, sophisticated, um, not, not only equipment and machinery, but just the, the mechanisms of the industry are very, very nuanced and very, very sophisticated. And Everybody needs to know that this is this is not grunt work. Um, even driving a truck is not grunt work. It is it, it is a really, really good job. Um, and so things like that, um, 
I think those things are, are, are really good. But, but one way or another, you're right. We, we've got to get the message out and we've got to paint a, a clear picture of, of what trucking is and, um, and what all of logistics and uh, transportation and all the modes of, of hauling freight. Um, yeah, there's, we need smart people everywhere. Um, and, and, and that's been my, um, kind of where I've gone with, with hiring. And I think why we've been so, uh, successful in retention. Um, I, I, I love a driver that's got 20 years of experience. I think that's fantastic. Um, but I will take a really, really smart driver who's got five years of experience, no matter what their age is aside. I, I want that smart driver every time. Um, and, and, and that's where we've got to start digging in and, and, and making that commitment to, to find those intelligent drivers who want to do that. Cause smart people hang out with smart people and, and, and it will turn this into, uh, what it deserves to be, uh, which is a, a, a well-respected, um, very, very skilled op- occupation that, uh, that, that anybody should be interested in. Well, with, with the minute that we've got left, I do want to get to this uh, deeper dive question because it's something that I'm certainly have become more and more passionate about recently. And I think you and I actually even talked about this when we were together in Knoxville a month or so ago. Um, the question is, what are your thoughts on the average life expectancy of a CDL driver being 61 years old? It's, it, 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 it's shameful. Um, um, yeah, it, it, it's really tough for me. You know, I'm an emotional guy. I've, I think I've cried at the last two expect acceptance, uh, speeches you did, but, um, we, we've got to change that. We, we've got to take, uh, the, the stresses off of these guys and we've got to lend them some support. So they not only feel safe, feel better, stay healthier, um, that they avoid those crashes that are, that, that are taking them too soon. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, uh, I think, to 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 bring that that average up. You yeah, know, both for sure. obviously from catastrophic, you know, death, at, you know, at the at the wheel, but uh, but certainly just the 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 life, the the challenging choices that they have, right? When it comes to it, it, diet, yeah, when it, it comes to exercise, or even sleep, those those you know, the three essentials. It's in, a tough life, yeah. yeah, but we can make it better. Sure. And I'm certainly uh, committed to that. And I know I know you are as we are just trying to make this industry better. And and again, surround ourselves. If we can find some smart people, let's find them and uh, surround ourselves with them. All right. Let's go. (laughs) So, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. I really uh, appreciate our relationship and uh, appreciate your dedication to making this industry better. Thank you for having me. It's a fantastic thing. And thank you for your heart and, uh, and everything you're doing for the for the industry. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. And remember, you could submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the high road. Mm-hmm.